Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm James Marriott. Uh, there's no Dom this week. He's abandoned us for the delight of Wales. Um, so I've got a new friend with me today, um, someone that's responsible for uh, for a real Wednesday institution. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping this, um, th- this title is going to be correct. So co-editor of War of the Monster Trucks fanzine. Steve Wormsley, is that is that was that correct? That's spot on, James. Yeah, excellent. You see, I did my research and uh, everything. Um, we're going to talk about um, War of the Monster Trucks, and of course, the kind of the recent reincarnation as uh, as all Wednesday a little bit later on. Um, also coming up, uh, we have a win and a defeat to discuss. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Bruce. We, we've still got a we squeak. It's only a squeak, but we've got a squeak. And also, Tom Lees as he clocks up his 200th Wednesday appearance. It's changed my life, really. Just loved it since I've walked through the door. The games um, don't get any uh, any easier. With Leeds on Saturday, we'll look ahead to that. Plus, Alpinions. Should Kieran Westwood get a new contract? We've got the results of that. And a new one, which will hopefully bring the memories flooding back. First things first, let's talk some football and Villa on Saturday. I mean, there's just so much to kind of talk about here because... Let's just take a step back here, Steve. It was a cracking game of football, wasn't it? It was. It was a great game. I was gutted though at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was. It was so. I mean, it was. It was up and down and topsy turvy, and we saw like you know some of the best of Wednesday, and then we saw some um, you know some not so um, good moments. Um, let's let's start with the real positives. So Gary Hooper back on the score sheet. I've got to admit, I'm I'm not sure I ever saw this this time coming again with Gary Hooper being on the Wednesday score sheet again because it's been such a long time but um, great to see that and actually a really tidy goal wasn't it? It it was, it was a lovely team goal, Yeah, it was a great ball from Hector over the top and uh, Boyd put a beautiful ball in across the box which any striker would have begged to have had wouldn't they? Yeah they were and uh, particularly one that was struggling, who just coming back from injury and needs a goal, you know, to get one laid on like that was just a gift for him wasn't it? And I think he just boosted his confidence as well. Yeah absolutely uh, I mean it wasn't, I mean, it, it was kind of it was sort of a tap-in, but sort of not a tap-in, because he's actually, you know, he's got the keeper right there with him. Uh, he's still got to kind of do the the intelligent work to know where to put that ball to make sure it ends up in the uh, in the back of the net. You do see people, don't you, from even that kind of close range, still ending up like, you know, the, the, the keeper making the save. So uh, fair play to um, to Gary Hooper. Um, so that was that was brilliant. And you, you're quite right about the, the ball from uh, Hector. Which was you just see when you when you watch it back, you just see him take that glance up, and he just knows, he? he just sees it. He's got that little that little spark of quality about Michael Hector. Yeah, yeah, there is. He, uh, yeah, it, it was almost kind of an instinct, wasn't it? He just looked up, yeah, over the top. And Boyd, to be fair, timed his run perfectly. Yeah, stay on side, yeah. and uh, it was a uh, it was a lovely team goal as well as a really nice finish. And I just thought, oh, we, did we score too early? I don't know. But it was just it, everybody got really high at that point, and then and then the second half, it was just right at the end. It was just such a disappointment, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Let's yeah. not talk about that. Yeah. Let's let's leave that. Uh, no, we'll we'll come to the back end of the game in um, in a bit. It, it's interesting they say about um, it kind of feeling like such a high because that kind of celebration when Hooper scored, the way everyone kind of you know hugging each other in the stands and stuff, it had that feeling of kind of like those two playoff 
seasons that we've not really had for a while. Even at the back end of last season when, you know, we were putting five past Preston and stuff, it was kind of a muted celebration because it was like, we've been crap all season and now we're not being crap. Whereas this kind of really felt like it was the game that could be about to just start something really special. It was that that kind of aftermath of, of the Hooper goal was 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 great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, I'll tell you what, it, it reminded me a bit like that moment when um, Antonio scored against Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. In the in the stoppage time when everybody knew he kind of at that point when he got that goal, we thought, right, it's on now. We just thought, and we thought. One nil up against Villa, win this and win against Forest, and it's on this. We could um, see, we could see the path to Wembley just starting yeah. to form, couldn't we? <laughs> um, of course, I mean it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't really to be, but um, the the kind of the rest of the first half would say it was a, a fairly evenly balanced first half. That I mean, obviously Villa got back into it with 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 their goal. If I'm being really harsh here. Should should he have even been able to get that cross in? Should Palmer have knocked that ball out? I, I I don't know. I just wonder if we just looked a little bit a little bit wobbly there. Uh, but one all at half time, about fair. Yeah, I thought it was really. I thought the balance of the of the game was pretty even first half, and I agree with you. I thought Palmer, but he's been superb, yeah. so we can't really have a go at him. But I thought he probably did make a mistake. But once the ball came back in, I mean, McGinn's just a good player isn't he he just caught it beautifully and uh, I thought he was their best player by a mile again everybody talks about Grealish but I thought he had such a good game and uh, he almost kind of he kept them in the game I thought first half really and uh, but it was tight and uh, I think it was fair at 1-1 at half time I think yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, McGinn flipping loves scoring goals against us, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't score any tappings. <laughs> just like a couple of yards out, knocks it in the back of the net. They're always like stunning, um, stunning goals. Uh, yeah. it, it was a good finish, uh, a good finish that. And um, I, I, I thought it was a really interesting first half. The way that you could kind of see that the you know the midfield battle was was really interesting. And I, and I don't, I know we're jumping way ahead here. I don't know if there's anything in the fact that we sort of fell to bits when Barry Bannon wasn't on the pitch anymore, um, right at the back end of the of the game. Uh, because that kind of that, that midfield battle with, you know, Grealish I thought had a good game, as you say, McGinn had a good game. Um and, you know, Bannon was 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 right up there as well. Uh when he went off, we, we would I'm not saying it's like knife through butter or anything, but we, we were as strong in um in midfield. So there's you know possibly something in that that uh, that we need to look at. Um let's I mean, the, the the second half. There's no getting away from this. The game really changed on on the penalty, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. We had other opportunities as well, but yeah. it did really. I think, and even their their manager admitted it, didn't he? That if that penalty had gone in, yeah, it's I a think different. There would have been a different impetus about the game, and we were we were on top anyway. Even even at one one at two one up. It would have felt like a very different game, and I think they would have been. It, it would have been hard for them to have come back from being behind twice. Um, um, so we, I thought we played very, very well, to be honest, against the side that's that had won six on the bounce. Um, yeah, to dominate them for forty-five minutes, which is what we did, and then uh, yeah, I thought they, I thought we were excellent all over the pitch, really, really good. It was a, a top second half performance, wasn't it? I, mm. I have got to, uh, I've got to hold my hands up here. I've got to apologise because um, 
Fletcher missing that penalty, my fault. Entirely my fault. Oh, right. um, I was uh, I was on the radio on Saturday morning. I was asked to give a score prediction. And I said, I've got a, a, a funny feeling that it's going to be 1-1 going into injury time and there'll be a late winner. So uh, when Fletcher stepped up, I said to my mates, he's not going to score this, he's not going to score this. But it, it'll be the last minute when we uh, when we win it. And my prediction was that we'll score a last minute winner and um, Steve Bruce will do cartwheels down the touchline, which probably wasn't very realistic in terms of the, uh, that was the least realistic part of the uh, prediction. Uh, unfortunately, obviously it came true. It was just the wrong team that actually scored the last-minute winner. Um, and I just knew when Stephen Fletcher stepped up, I was like, he's not going to score this. And everything about it just felt like, I don't know, it just, I, I, I was never, there, was, there, there wasn't a single bone in my body that had any confidence that he was going to score. It just felt wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. It reminded me of that um, when Jordan Rhodes missed one at Leeds. Oh, yeah, yeah, The other yeah. season, it was just like that. Actually, he just felt, he doesn't look confident here. He doesn't look right. He doesn't look like he's going to strike it properly. He just, um, yeah, you just kind of, oh, no. He just felt he was going to miss this. And uh, and he did, which is really sad because he, he played so well. Yeah, he, did. he just led the line, connected everything and um, it's really pity for him that he missed it, but it was, you're right, it was the big turning point. Yeah, um, I, I can't, I mean, it wasn't a great penalty, and, and it's the same as just kind of saying, well, you know, maybe Palmer was at, at fault for the for the, for the the first goal, maybe even for the third goal as well. Uh, but it's, it's it's a bit like, you kind of loathe to, to sort of like genuinely criticise players that have been playing so well. You know, Palmer's been having a cracking second half of the season. You can't say a single bad word about Stephen Fletcher. It's it's the, you know, the, the, the first thing that he's, he, he won everything, didn't he, on, um, on Saturday. He was just winning stuff, you know, all over the pitch, um, and uh, yeah, we, we we can't we can't say anything bad about him for um, for for that. I, th- I I agree with what you say about the fact that the second half just you know we just looked great, we looked fantastic. Do do you think? I mean, I'm kind of dwelling on this thing about Bannon going off being almost like a mini turning point late in the game because it just left us a bit more susceptible. Um, what do you think about it? Is, is that is that a thing, or am I am I just looking for a reason as to why was it as simple as we just went gung ho at the end to to win it and got caught on the break, or what? I don't. I I, I, I thought we I thought legs started to go a little bit right. Yeah, last ten minutes, and I think we did we did lose a little bit of shape and organisation when Banner went off. So I think a mix of legs going, Bannon going off and losing a bit of shape, and maybe over committing. A little bit trying to get the winner because, to be honest, we needed to win it more than they did, didn't we? Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, and we just got caught at the end, didn't we? It was, um, um, which is a real um, a, a real shame for them because I thought they just put so much effort in and uh, to get done like that right at the end. But it's football, isn't it? It happens. Yeah, it it was it was a proper sucker punch, and I think you know Villa will probably class it as being a bit of a, a smash and grab for 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 them. And um, you know we've we, we've won a few games in those circumstances in in recent years. In fact, um, thinking back to Leeds last year when um, Atty scored a. 90 whatever it was minute minute winner that at the time actually was a game that we really needed to win and, and didn't really go into it with much hope of, of getting anything out of it so um you know it's it it's football it happens um there's been an awful lot said about it in in the aftermath. You know, we, me and my friends as we were coming out of the ground were, were probably a bit annoyed about the fact that there were there were a couple of moments of slightly kind of slightly sort of leaky defending 
And then, you know, when you kind of get your thoughts together and you think that's really unfair because we've just defended so, so well for, for, for the last however however many games since Steve Bruce has been in that it feels wrong to kind of make those um, to make those kind of comments. But in, in, in the immediate aftermath of, the, of a game, you, you are looking for something to blame rather than it just being... It's quite difficult to just accept just one of those things isn't it it's that's that's the worst explanation for for losing a football game of just like it's just pure bad luck that's all it is just bad luck yeah yeah i mean uh you can take a defeat can't you if you get well beaten you can take a defeat you understand it but um to lose like to lose like that was hard but i, I think it is hard to have a go at them because um uh, i think when this when when they got their second goal then I think heads went down. They knew they'd lost the game at that point. And I think with Bannon being off, I think they just switched off yeah. and conceded the third one. Um, against the side who scored lots of goals um, mm-hmm. and who were very dangerous and uh, and who probably made two substitutions that impacted on the game in the way our substitutions didn't. Ours kind yeah. of probably took a bit away from yeah, our side, and and they brought two players on that added a bit, really. And uh, so, no, I wouldn't have a go. It was just, uh, I think we just have to say, you know, we played very well. Take all our positives out of it, and just um, recognise that against a side that had won six on the bounce. Um, and who've got a very very good squad of players, yeah. we didn't look out of the out of it at all. Uh, over ninety minutes, did we? So I take the positives. Yep, I think all all very uh, fair points. Um, I quite like the fact as well that we we just kind of went for it. We just thought, do you know what? We've got to win this game to stay in with a chance. A point is kind of neither here nor there. So you know, it's kind of th- there was no negativity about anything in that performance. It was just really going out to try and get those three points and. I, I I like that. I just think you know we we might as well have lost than tried to protect a point going into the you know the last stages of that game. So um so so why not? Um, let's move on then to a, a very different game on um, Tuesday night. Probably the first thing we've got to talk about here is is team selection because there was a, I mean coming off the back of a defeat maybe there's there's kind of more uh, likelihood of this happening. But there was a right old ding-dong on Twitter, wasn't there, when the team selection came out and people were like, well, that's it, we might as well go home now. Yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 my other half and I walking down to the ground, she, uh, uh, she said, oh, well, <laughs> we're not going to get much here then, are we, with that midfield, look at it. And we thought, oh, you never know, you never know. But it, it did look... Um, a much weakened side, yeah. didn't it, um, on paper? It really did. Uh, and, of course, they turn in our biggest win of the season. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, this is the way that football uh, football works. Um, all right, well, I mean, we've got some goals to talk about. First thing I want to talk about is um, Lucas Shaw back into the, the, the team, who was kind of in danger of becoming the slightly forgotten man of Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Um, firstly... Not quite sure what he's done with his hair, but, you know, it's his hair, fair enough. Uh, I'm only jealous because he's got some. Um, and um, Jao's a strange player, right? Because he, I, I always think this, when when he, when he tends to, particularly when he starts, he gets some real stick from from certain sections of the, of the fan base. He's just one of those players that just seems to get 
a load of stick. Um, and the way that he plays and the way that he kind of moves his body and stuff just doesn't... He, he does have this sort of, like, this range of movement that just makes him look a bit a little bit lazy sometimes, I think, and, and that really gets picked on by some fans. So I quite like the fact that when you take a step back and look at it, he um, had the assist on two of the goals, both very clever assists as well, um, and he was really unlucky not to score in the in the first half... It wasn't a bad a bad game for Zhao. I, I thought he I was one of his better games. I um he usually when he starts, he he he's, he's usually lacks commitment and energy and he, he often looks as if he's not up for the battle mm-hmm. against some experienced championship centre halves. Whereas I, I thought the other night I thought he got stuck in. I thought he didn't allow himself to get bullied. Um he um he showed no lack of effort. Um, I think he's one of those players he's got so much ability um, he's not got lightning pace but once he move, once he starts moving it's very, he's quick um, and he's hard to keep up with him he's got a shot in both feet he can he can link play he's, he can head a ball well he's just got it all it's just inside his head mm. if, if there's one manager who can get inside his head and get him sorted um he has potential to be at championship level a really useful player, and hopefully Steve Bruce might be that manager that can uh, get it out of him. Because if he can, I think he can be a real handful, uh, which he proved the other night. Yeah. Do, do you do you make much of this kind of story that's been knocking around in the press this week about him effectively being up for sale, uh, price tag of somewhere around eight million quid? Um. Well. We've got to sell some, haven't we? We have. Um, you know, um, it's like Daypon and the seven forwards, isn't it? We've got... Um, uh, so we don't need seven forwards. Um, you know, we, we've got to sell at least two, possibly three. Um, and it's who you get bids for, isn't it? Well, uh, I suppose it is, yeah. This, and, is, a, and it's, this is a difficulty. The interesting thing now is is who plays, isn't it? Because um, for for any player, they're, they're, maybe, they're either putting themselves in the shop window or they're proving to Steve Bruce that they've got a future. And it's interesting that, you know, Sam Winnell came back into the team and has kind of vanished again now and he's not really had much of a, a look in. Um, you know, Zhao, after putting in a, a performance as he did on um, on Tuesday night, is is he now got a chance of a little bit of a runner in, in the team and to kind of show his his worth, whether that's pushing his value up or whether that's actually convincing Steve Bruce that, yeah, here's someone that with a little bit of work I can turn into an absolutely superb player um we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this later on actually because there's um there's some other things for us to to kind of consider in this uh, in this whole kind of crazy equation of who stays and um and who goes um just to mention by the way the the one where Zhao nearly scored in the first half and we, we actually created some really good chances um really neat little move where uh reach plays the um plays a little kind of dummy ball through for matthias who plays the crossing and um Zhao gets on the end of it and it's it's actually a good save from the um from the keeper um, you watch the highlights back you, you forget we actually created some re- we scored three goals we created some cracking chances aside from those um, three goals also in the first half absolute point blank save from Kieran Westwood when it's still a, a nil-nil game if Forrest going one nil up at half time it's a very different game of football in that in that second half and it was just instinctive point blank he just throws himself at the, at the player to stop it he did it's I mean 
Yeah. We we the difference in this team since Westwood's come back in, and and all due respect to, to Cameron Dawson and what he did, but it this is a different, t- totally different Wednesday defence now. It, it is, it is, uh, and and I understood um, why um, Lukai made the decision that he did. He, he's clearly he'd not seen Westwood play. Um, at the back end of last season at all. The only keepers he'd seen play were Wildsmith and, and Dawson. And he obviously thought he, he needed to make decisions about the long term. So I understood why he made the decision. But it's it's clear now with hindsight that the the confidence that Westwood brings behind the back four is is so important. Um particularly to Tom Lees, I think. I think Tom Lees needs yeah. either an experienced centre half at the side of him and an experienced goalkeeper at the back of him that are his insurance policy. And I think he looks a much better player when he's got those. Um, yeah. And he didn't have it when Dawson was there. There's a really good point there because um, you know any, anyone that's ever um, sat at Hillsborough anywhere near uh, Kieran Westwood will know that he does not stop barking at his defence all the time. Even when you know the, there's a corner at the other end of the pitch, he's just barking instructions all the time. Um, and there are, I mean, the, that that's very much an experience thing for goalkeepers, isn't it? They see what's going on. They've they, they've got a, a connection with their defence in a way that they can relay it. Um, and it, it's those little fine margins of the you know the goalkeeper being able to explain something to a defender in a split second that means that he gets the positioning right, so it stops a counter attack, whatever it might be. Um, and and that you're right in terms of the fact that Tom Lees. We've always thought that the the, the issue with Tom Lees is when he doesn't have an experienced centre half alongside him. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe the issue with Tom Lees is is actually the fact that you know he's got to do that job of barking the instructions because he's the he's the captain. In actual fact, at the moment, you know, Kieran West was the unofficial captain of this team. He's the one that's barking at everyone. He's telling everyone what to do. Tom Lees is just kind of you know throw a bit of moral support in, and 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 that's that's pretty much it um we're going to hear from tom lees later on actually and it'll be interesting to kind of see what what you know ha- what he makes of uh of how the defense has been um playing so um we'll hear from him a bit later on um let's talk um let's talk goals so that i missed the first call i was still finishing off my beer uh but um saw it on the tv and couldn't quite figure out what was i, I thought i must have I either had too many beers at half time or not quite looking at it right because i'm thinking that didn't make any sense because the goalkeeper just seems to be miles away and i've watched it back a few times since and the keeper is just genuinely miles away i i can't what on earth was going on there what a strange goal it was it was so odd it was just a kind of a simple knockdown wasn't it in midfield and the next minute it's in the bottom corner and uh, their keeper kind of stood there looking what happened there then and the de- their defence was looking at him thinking what happened there then and uh, meanwhile Matthias is down in the corner um, celebrating it was a very very I mean he struck it nicely yeah it did um, but you know it wasn't a thunderbolt it, but he he struck it nicely, but and he did bounce. So the keeper ought really to have saved it, shouldn't he? But uh, but it was least in the bottom corner. But it was bizarre. But it just it just changed it. I thought it just energy and confidence just started to run through the team at yep. that point. Um, uh, and they just um, dominated the game after that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. The, the, there was some real swagger um, in in Wednesday after that after that goal. Um, my only thought about with the keeper, by the way, is just somehow he'd managed to just like forget where the goal is because he seemed you know, he saw the ball and seemed to just kind of watch it and it hits the back of the net and he was just like, oh, I didn't realise the goals were there. 
seemed to just totally lost track of, of, of where he was. Very strange. Um, second goal, again, I've got to kind of hold my hands up here because George Boyd, I thought, I just had a pretty good game on Tuesday, and I've given him some right stick in recent in recent weeks. I've still got to be honest; I don't, I don't, I, I don't rate any chance of him getting a new a new contract. Uh, whether or not you know he's playing for a contract elsewhere or something, I don't know. But um, that you, bang on the edge of the area, cracking finish. It, it was. It uh, he obviously went through his mind that this has just fallen. This has bounced. It's at the beautiful height. I can hit it, and he just caught it as sweet as you could strike a football, really. Um, and from that distance and that angle, um, the keeper never really saw it. To be honest, he uh, he, he wasn't at fault for that one. He was. Uh, it was a beautiful strike, but a lovely knockdown from Zhao as yep, well, who kind was. of who measured it perfectly. The header, he saw it, boy, he saw the opportunity. Um, uh, so it was a really, really nice goal. And uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I can't. I'll be surprised if you see it next season. At, uh, but he's um, there's no no lack of effort from him uh, and energy. I thought he just kept running and running the other night. Um, having played um, 90 minutes against Villa, didn't he? At, at 33, uh, he came out and played another 90 minutes yeah. against uh, against Forest and never stopped running. That's a fair uh, point, that. He, he worked hard. He did work hard. Yeah. You can't did. fault him for for his effort. And um, uh, and he's, he's got experience, hasn't he? Um, you know, he knows the game. Um, so he, he should know what to do in terms of any position that he... He plays in really, um, uh, and I'd never really kind of seen him as a as playing on the left, but uh, before that much. But he, um, I thought he struck it with his left foot beautifully. So yeah, it was a credit lovely, to him. Yeah. Lovely finish. Um, third goal, slightly less um, kind of Hollywood. Bit of a tap in for uh, for Matthias for his second. Although again, it was it was it was a really neat move, wasn't it? And again, Zhao having a big hand in in that. But everything about that move, I just thought was it was just tidy. It was just a really nice move. Yeah, Hooper. It was a great. A nice little crisp yeah. pass into Hooper. Um, and Zhao had switched on. He'd, he'd seen them run and thought, um, best way I could get this in is back flick, which he did. And Matthias timed the run well. He was a bit fortunate with the finish because yeah. he, uh, he hit the keeper with it, didn't he? And it came um, unfortunate for the keeper. It bounced back to him. But, um, but I thought uh, the finish was a bit lucky, but I thought the, the, the pass from... Um, uh, from Hooper and the touch from Jao was just top notch. Yeah, really it, nice goal. It was. Um, so I mean, three three nil win, bouncing back from a real kind of you know gut wrenching defeat. I, I don't think we can argue with uh, with with that at all. One other positive that I just wanted to pick on, which is uh, Lazar coming back on. In, in in in, I've got to be honest. I kind of thought. Maybe we're not going to see him again in a in a Wednesday shirt, which had been a shame because he had a couple of really good games when he when he did break into the team. Great to see him coming on. Um, I, I mean, it was a cameo performance. He wasn't on the pitch for very long, but I thought he looked great. He looked like he was really hungry, and he got he got a point to prove. He doesn't think his season's done, does he? No, I think he doesn't. No, and he looked. Um for somebody that's come back with a hamstring injury, he had no yeah. little pace either. He was tracking back and. Uh, but he, he looks a really good player, I thought, in his debut. I thought that was one of the best debuts I've ever seen yeah. a player have in, in a Wednesday shirt. He just looked 
like he fitted um, hand in glove, didn't he? He just he just looked so smooth. He's got pace. He read the game well. He's got a lovely left foot. He can cross a ball. I thought, well, here we go. He's a good player. And uh, and then for him to get that hamstring injury was a real uh, disappointment for him, wasn't it? But the, the most Sheffield Wednesday thing that could possibly happen to uh, to a player. Speaking of injuries, let's get uh, an injury update now from uh, Steve Bruce. First, though, um, Steve Bruce, 900 games, not out as a manager. Well, I think I played nearly off a 1,000 as a player. So how lucky have I been over the last 40 years? Well, I've somehow been involved, which has been quite remarkable. I've, I've been very, very lucky along the way, tried to work hard, but um, 900, I wouldn't have thought that would be possible after the way I started in management. I was a bit hot-headed then and, and uh, found it very, very difficult, um, very difficult. Um, to manage above me. I think that was the biggest problem I had, but uh, I've seen the calm down a little bit with age and mellowed a bit. So, in that respect, then uh, 900. Here's to the next 100 and see if I can get in that elite club, which would be great. Is that the biggest thing that you've had to learn over the course of your time in management, then managing up? Uh, without question, to all the young managers out there, especially today. You know, it's, you know, I, I, we all say it well, back in the day, but that's not changed. You know that you, you don't learn about that in a coaching manual or your, your coaching badges. You know, you don't you don't learn them sort of skills at all. And um, and I found it very very difficult, very difficult when I first started, um, because when it's sometimes not written on the tin when it's supposed to be, then I found it difficult to deal with. And, and as I said, when you're young, you're a bit more hot-headed. And so you learn to mature a little bit and, uh, and take the rough with the smooth. Here we are with Leeds United on the horizon. Bannon and I offer, how are they? We'll see how they are this morning. They've got to be touch and go and see how they are. They both want to take part in the training session, um, which is good. Um, so I can't name the team like the Leeds manager has because I've got a few problems, but I would like to, to, to do that if I could, but um, that would not be far short of what we played the other night. Does that help? You know their team, you'll know their team. That's all there's the intrigue. I mean, look, we've all got a fair idea. I'm sure they've watched us and we've watched them over the last three, four games. We know, we know, we know practically the team, we know which system they're going to play. They're a good side though. He's been very, very, good in what he's done, We've all, we're all intrigued by him, he's a bit different, a bit of breath of fresh air that we all look at and think, wow, that's a bit different, but he's done a smashing job, and uh, as I said, we're all intrigued by his methods and the way he's done it, but his pedigree goes before him. They can press high and really swarm teams when they're on yeah. it, can't they? They can, they, they do it very, very well, and that's why that's why teams have struggled against them, that's why they're at the top end of the league, they do... They do all the basic things very, very well. They come at you and get the ball back as quick as they can and, uh, and play with, with, with men piling forward. So it should be a good game. We should, uh, we've got to overcome that and uh, cause them a few problems ourselves. And knowing all that, how, how do Wednesday approach this test then? Well, the same as what we've approached the last two, three months with them. I mean, we know we have to go there and get a result if we're going to keep our season alive. 
so they've got to get a result too so live on the telly full house what we're in football for you say you asked me the question at the top of the interview with it and this is what we're in it for you know days like tomorrow big game big occasion live on the tv uh, let's look forward to the challenge so how many wednesday employees who are sheffield wednesday fans here have mentioned the other side of it and doing sheffield united in favor to be honest i've never i've never heard it yet because yeah. i think we're all we're engrossed in what we'll have to do myself and do you think I can go into the dressing room and say, by the way, lads, you get beat today because we're, we don't want the other half of the city. <laughs> We've got to go and make sure that we, we take part in the game. And for our own sake, for our own, we, we've still got to we squeak. It's only a squeak, but we've got to squeak. So we must take it if we can. How much has this upturn in the last two or three months made what any potential decisions you're going to have to make in the next six weeks harder? <coughs> The sweeping statement might have been two months ago, well, you should have a clean slate to work with, but yeah. players have maybe impressed more than you thought they might. Yeah, of course. And what I did come into the job was with an open mind to see how <clears throat> the players responded to whether we would want. And you'd have to say that in results-wise and the way they've been, they've been terrific. So yes, this has to be big decisions made on a, on a, on a few players. So. Um, and that is now not easy because of what they've done. Even the lads who came in the other night, you know, yeah, Boyd and Martin Tears, for example, are two players out of contract who both reminded us, uh, reminded everybody what good players they are. So big decisions, but that's my job, you know. It's always the hard job, but you know, um, let's hope we do it right. I realise it's not the time for so many big announcements or pronouncements, but are you? crystallised in your thoughts with them all now or is there still a bit of time I mean, to, to no, I still think there's, there's still five games to go and obviously we've got, to, we've got to address it all we're interested really is can we maintain the push and, uh, and we would have been very close you know if, if we had maybe one last weekend maybe we're going to be three, four, five points adrift who knows but we can't give up when there's still a chance mathematically there's still a chance and with five games to go in this league, you just never know. Uh, just to check again on injuries, I know you were alluding a moment ago that the team will be similar to the one the other night, but Aaron's, where's, where's he? he he's going to try and train today, but it will be his first time in two weeks, um, two and a half weeks. So we'll see how he is. Bannon will train, I offer will train. Um, so we haven't got we haven't got many, but uh, Onam will train as well. So we've got about I think we've got 26, I think. Is Hutchinson well again? Hutchinson's okay. We've got 26 trained. Good. Yeah, good. Surprising. Just a final thought on a guy who isn't often injured. Tom Lee's made his 200th appearance for, for Wednesday the other day. Just as a, a mark of a, 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 a top-end, solid championship defender. Well, you can... You, you, you get a certain perception of a player when you haven't managed them. That good pro does everything right, um, makes himself available, very touchwood, very, 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 uh, never injured, very, very consistent in what he gives you. And to play 200 times for the club is a testament to him. And, you know, if, if they're all like Tom Lee's, then my job would be easy. And I think everybody understands that. This, 
he's a certain pro where you, you take your hat off because he does everything. But as we speak now, we'd be in the gym. Um, he'll do everything as best he possibly can, and 200 games for the, for the club is a wonderful achievement. Adam Reach moved into the middle on Tuesday. Um, is that something that you see as an option for the future as a good thing? Does it give you a, a headache? Because, yeah, well, we had to do it the other day because of emergency, because of the loss of Bannon and Hutchison. Um, so, in that area, we haven't, we haven't got many. We've only got really Bannon, Hutchison, and Pelopesi, really, in the first team squad. So, we've decided to take a little bit of a gamble on that. Adam, not a real gamble, because I think he enjoys playing inside. You know, he's played off the front as well, hasn't he, for the club. So, we've used it. He's, he's done well, very well. Um, but then again, that's why we've done it, because Adam can adapt to a few positions very, very comfortably. Um, and in terms of tomorrow, obviously, there's a lot of external pressures um, in terms of what they must win for Wednesday and then how it affects everything else in the Championship. How do you sort of t t tell your team to just focus on the game? Yeah, Is yeah. Well, just well look, it's pretty, it's pretty easy for tomorrow for us because we're still in with a squeak. So when you're still in with a chance like we've got, then we've got to try and get a result and see what next week brings. You know, can we take it to the Easter weekend still having a chance? Back-to-back -back games. Believe me, in this league, you can quite easily lose a couple of games over a weekend, no matter what position you're in. So, you know, we've got to see what we can do. It's going to be very, very difficult against a very good Leeds team who've been excellent this season. Just look after ourselves, really. That's all my message would be. Let's do our own job and not worry about anything else. So, Steve Bruce, he thinks we've still got a chance. Um, what do you yeah, reckon? Yeah, a very faint one, isn't it? Uh, uh, I mean, it, you know, the stars could align, couldn't they? I mean, um, I mean, Bristol City have got to play Villa. Yep. Villa have got to play Leeds and Norwich. Yep. Um, so it, it's possible it could happen, but, you know, we've, uh, I mean, as an absolute minimum, we've got to win 12. Yep. Uh, sorry, we've got to get 12 points. Yep. From from wins and then and then not lose the other, pick thirteen points up, and even that might not be enough. Yeah. So um, uh, I think Steve Bruce talked about we might need to win all five. Uh, if we win all five, we probably deserve to do it. Um, well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's possible. I mean, that season we got um, seventeen, eighteen. We won six games on the bounce, didn't mm -hmm. we? Towards yeah. the end on the Carlos. Yeah. And to be honest, we didn't play that well in a lot of those games, other than when we beat Newcastle at home. Um, so it's possible we could win five games on the bounce. It's, yeah. a, it's a massive ask. It but, is. Uh, there's some tough games. There's some yeah. tough games, and we'll we'll see. I kind of take his point that at least it means the season's still alive. You know, we've got five games to go, and there's still it's a faint chance, but there's still something to play for rather than us just kind of you know we're off for a day out in Leeds. It's um, at least it's something. Um, obviously, you're off to the game to tomorrow. Um, it's on the TV as well, and um, I, I mean, I hear that Leeds have got something to play for as well. Can't say I particularly take much notice, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. Um, looking positive for uh, for Barry Bannon, and also going to be good to have Hutchinson back. Um, we we heard Steve Bruce talking a bit about Adam Reach playing in the in the middle um, on Tuesday. Um, it's I, it's almost borderline selection issues here, isn't it? If like if Hutchinson's fit, he's got to go 
back in. Pelly Pessi had an all right game on Tuesday, fair play, but um, I think Hutchinson's got to go back in. Um, it's it's difficult to argue with you know the idea of Bannon not going back in, but Reach, I I, I quite like Reach in the middle. Um, yes, it's the physicality, isn't it? That's the if it gets a battle in midfield, it's. Um, He's not always one for a tackle, is he? Um, <laughs> uh, he's a very, very good player, but he's not always one for a tackle. But I thought he had a good game the other night um, in, in central midfield. And uh, uh, there, there really is no point in risking Bannon, is there? I mean, if, no. he's, if he's got a hamstring injury, you've just got to be absolutely sure he can... Yeah. It, it can do 70 minutes without, without causing major damage to it. So... Um, uh, unless he's sure about him, I think I think Reach will play in central midfield. I think it would be super harsh to to take Matthias back out of the team after scoring two goals as well, wouldn't it? It would, it would be really a really tough thing to do. That say, so, well done, lad. Uh, putting Reach back on the right. Sorry. Um, yes, but given he, he, you could possibly see you could possibly see Lazar playing on the left, yeah. uh, and, and maybe Boyd on the right. Um, you know, if he's if he possibly thinks we might have to kind of keep it tight for a Change bit, um, you know, considering that they that Leeds play very high up the pitch, you know, the fullbacks play incredibly high up the pitch, yep. so he might think, do I need two more kind of slightly defensive minded players in in wide positions for a bit, and maybe save Matthias for the last thirty minutes if we're uh, if we've a chance of uh, getting something out of the game, we've got other selection headaches, uh, and the good headaches. Forestieri, uh, obviously, was on the uh, on the bench on Tuesday. Um, does he come back in? Hooper on the bench on Tuesday. Does he come back in? What if you had to pick the forward line? What would you uh, What would you go with? Um, well, F- Fletcher, if he's fit, yep. he's he's on the team sheet, isn't he? Yeah, and he's then. Be. Uh, and then it's uh, who do we think might cause more problems to Leeds? I think possibly Hooper, because he's got the ability to drop off uh, and play in, uh, and play midfield a little bit, where we yeah. might need an extra body in midfield from time to time. So uh, I think poss- possibly Hooper, uh, Forestieri. Um, I don't know. He didn't at Stoke. He didn't look on it at all. To be honest, um, he didn't look sharp. And and I don't know whether that's down to fitness or not because he he's he actually ought to be fitter than Hooper. I mean, yes, he's Easily, had a stop yeah. start um, season, but he got a preseason in. Hooper didn't. You know, he's yeah. he's played games, but I, I actually thought he looked. Um, he looked less sharp than Hooper did. Uh, and Hooper was having his first game back in, what, 14, 15 months? Mm. So he just he doesn't look on it at the moment, Forestieri, whether that's something in his head, whether it's all this business with um, yeah, the, 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 the legal the, stuff. The potential case with, with the FA, I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I've got to kind of agree. I think it's it's hard. If you've got Fletcher and Hooper available and fit, it's it's really hard to justify picking any one other than those two, really. Um, but I do just wonder whether or not there's a case for um, kind of letting Sammy Winnell loose on, on Saturday. It's the kind of game that he just might really enjoy, just being a little bit of a terrier, just annoying them, running up and down the pitch uh, and just getting really stuck in. He, he does seem to have fallen a bit out of favour. Um, but I just in my head, I just think, I can just see Winnell just really relishing that game against Leeds. 
Um, I think he could, but probably more from the bench. I think. Yeah, that's um, a fair point. Yeah, I think we. I think one of the it, they'll they play very high tempo, and so at the start of the game, we're going to need to kind of keep the ball as much as possible. And Hooper helps us keep the ball, doesn't he? He, you know, he drops off. You know, he kind of. Um, it, very simple, straightforward passes. He kind of sees people in space, um, which I think Winall doesn't always do, does he? He's kind of much more of a yeah. get in the eighteen-yard box, trying to get on the end of things, isn't he? When I think, I, I think we're going to have to try and play a bit on, play our way into the game a bit on Saturday. None of this matters, of course, because we should just go there and lose because uh, that gives Leeds the advantage in the uh, in the race for second place. This the debate's kind of raised a little bit on on social media, although I, I kind of feel it's been people that have been arguing with themselves because I've not seen a lot of people who've been saying actually, you know, we should go and um, and throw the game. My take on this is obviously we should go there with the intention of winning. Every team's always going to do it. And as fans, you should always want your team to win. Um, if we don't win, then there's there's a mild bit of compensation in the background there that we can kind of think, well, at least, but we're not going to worry about that until until full-time, are we? You yeah. can't, I mean, I, I, it's difficult to see there being many Wednesday fans that are going to think anything otherwise, surely? Oh, absolutely. There'll be a few that think that, but I think they're in a... A significant minority, really. I, I think most of us will want us to the the team to win, and if we get if we get a positive result, um, it potentially keeps our season alive going into the Easter. And and if somebody said that to us at Christmas, uh, <laughs> would have been absolutely delighted, <laughs> wouldn't we? Um, so and and as you say, there's a nice bit of compensation if we do get beat. Well, as long as we don't get hammered. Um, then at least we can say we haven't helped our city neighbours out. Fair point. Uh, memories of Wednesday away at Leeds then, um, and I kind of think about, tend to think about goals because we've scored some crackers at, at Leeds, particularly thinking uh, Chris Brunt from the halfway line, which I still think about have been just like a few years ago and it's ages ago now, isn't it? Um, and then, uh, interesting, we're talking about um, Matthias because it was uh, the first the first thing that he ever really did in the Wednesday shirt was that absolute cracker that he scored in the, in the first Carlos season. Um, I remember that because we you know, we watched that and thought this guy's going to be an absolute world beater, um, and then obviously never really kind of found those uh, found those levels again. Unfortunately, um, any memories from you, Steve, of, uh, of Wednesday at Leeds? Um, I think it was ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, in that run at the start of the season when we won four four games on the bounce, and uh, Richie Humphrey scored in the first half. Yeah, we played. It was a really warm night, as I remember September, but it poured it down with rain, and and we played really well. And then Andy Booth scored the winner, um, yep. almost break away from the halfway line, yep. got to the edge of the eighteen yard box, put it in the bottom corner. And the Huddersfield lad in him came out. You know, he kind of <laughs> Huddersfield lad who scored the winner against Leeds. He was, you could see, he was absolutely jubilant about it, and it was a fantastic, fantastic winner. I think Howard Wilkinson was their manager as well. I think could well be, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I remember that one, and I remember the um, the the Brunty goal game. I think JJ scored a great goal that yeah, game did, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the nice first half, one, yeah. yeah, he came in from the. 
on the right, I think, on his put it on the left foot, put it in the top corner. Yep. Um, in fact, if I remember correctly, Lee Bullen scored a cracking volley. It was just in the wrong net. Yes. yes. That was the because uh, it ended up with Leeds pulling it back to three two, didn't it? And yeah, Bullen it sliced a, a shot straight into his own um, his own goal. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, and then, of course, there was a game last season. When, yeah, that was good um, as well. And we desperately, desperately needed a win, and it was just. Awful weather. It was kind of one minute. It, yeah, it was, was snowing, snowing, and sleet and wind swirling around the pitch. It was just awful conditions. And um, I remember Hutchinson had just come back, hasn't he? And Hutchinson and Bannon. And the Bannon came on from the benches. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and knew you just. Yeah. It had been a real battle, and uh, Tom Lees had played very well. I remember the defence had played quite well. And um, yeah, that was a fantastic win in in the circumstances. I remember that because it was on St Patrick's Day. I was in Dublin for St Patrick's Day, um, so all the St Patrick's Day parade and everything. And then obviously, you know, what does anyone in Dublin do on St Patrick's Day? Just drink. Um, so uh, by the time it came round to to game time, there was a fair bit of beer had been consumed, and I was watching it on my phone. I can't even remember how. I don't know how I managed to get hold. Of it. I, I managed to find a way of watching the game on my uh, on my phone in a in a pub in um, Dublin on St Patrick's. It, it got it got messy. Let's that's all, that's all we need to say about that one. Um, right. Let's hear from Tom Lees. Obviously, um, former Leeds player. Um, Two hundred games now for Tom Lees at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Let's get his thoughts. Um, I think we just got to concentrate on ourselves and put in a good performance and. Try and replicate what I've been doing the last few weeks, um, keep that level of performance up um, and then if we do that the result will take care of itself um, and the consequences of that are, are what they are but I think we've just got to focus on con- continuing how we are doing at the moment. As a former Leeds United player do you look over what they've done and how they've done it this season to, to turn their fortunes on an upward curve? Yeah, not really because not really I'm a former player or anything. I, I like football, I like watching football and stuff like that, so obviously we've got a good idea what's going on um, in the league and it's, it's good to see how um, how the players that they've had there for the last few seasons have managed to to make quite a drastic change, so fair play to them, they've done well, but um, I think we can definitely be a match for them and give them a good game uh, this weekend because I think that we've improved a lot since we played them last time. How so? Well, I think we're a lot more consistent. Um, we're just more competitive. I think. Um, I think we're playing. We're playing. We've managed to sort of find find a way of playing um, that's getting us results. Um, but I think the performance has been good as well. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think we're. I think we're in a lot better shape than at the start of the season to to play against. Two very, two very good squads, undoubtedly. So those changes, to a certain extent, can be placed on the head of the managers, can't they? You know that Steve here in sorting things out and Bielsa up at Leeds United. Yeah, I mean, um, up at Leeds, he's done a great job, and that's the thing that's most impressive. Really, most of the players are still the same. Um, so you look at what's the difference, and it's probably him. Uh, but sometimes it can just be. It can just be getting that right thing, and you get the confidence, and you get the momentum, like you see here, and things things snowball. Um, I don't think it's any fluke or any coincidence that um, those two people have made that difference. Um, and yeah, so um, both teams are full of confidence. Um, I'm sure, and it's it's nice to have the fiction out in the season with something still to play for. 
And yeah, so how would you assess the chances then of of Wednesday getting in the playoffs then at the end of the season? I think it'll be difficult. Um, I said after the Villa game that it, it will be difficult um, because we're relying on others really to, to slip up and things like that and drop points. And you look at the fixtures, we've got the very tough, but we've still got a chance. We're an, one of a number of teams, we've still got a chance. And we'll give it a best go, our best go. And I think, no, that's all we can do really. I think after the weekend, People probably didn't expect us to be at it like we were on Tuesday, but we were, and that's that's credit to us. How much, even in a, a small way, will it be? Obviously, Leeds United this weekend, Villa recently, Norwich on the horizon too. To get positive performances and results out of that almost sets you up for next season, doesn't it? That you're almost re-establishing yourselves again as one of the, the leading lights in the division. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, I think the main thing is just um, showing that we can compete with the top teams in, in this division. And in this last um, sort of eight, nine, ten games of the season, we're going to have to do that against all the top sides. Um, so it's a good, it's a good gauge of where we're at. I think we're doing all right. Obviously, you don't want to lose games, and the Villa game was still a disappointment, even though we played well because. It doesn't matter if you, if you end up losing the game, but if you're going to lose, I think that was the way to do it, the way that we did. 200 up for you now. Yeah. How would you sort your time here? Uh, I've loved it, to be honest. It's been great. Um, it's changed my life, really, and I've just, I've just loved it since I've walked through the door. It's been, it's been brilliant. And I couldn't have asked for it to really go any better and to, to manage to get 200 games in well, less than five seasons, I'm really happy with that because you put a lot into into um, being able to achieve that, um, being you know being fit and healthy and looking after yourself and things like that. So I'm really pleased, and um, I'm just trying to do what I can for the clubs, in, which is the same since I got here. Purely and simply because it's unusual in football when you sign that five-year deal, people thought, oh really, five years, that's quite a long time for you to commit yourself here, so, well, no regrets presumably about signing such a long-term contract. Um, no, I mean, the club have been good to me, but I feel like I've been good to them as well, so it's just like that, that balance really. I've always thought that the club has got great potential, you know, to, to do good things, and now I'm probably as optimistic and excited as I have been. Because it would be the icing on the cake across a very long period of time in football to ultimately play for this team in the Premier League. Definitely. Um, that's one thing that I just want to achieve before I finish playing. Um, one is to play as many games as I can, but one, another goal is to just just have one shot at, at playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you got another clean sheet on on Tuesday. Yeah. With a couple of changes at the back lately, with uh, Dunlapo for going out and then Liam yeah. Palmer moving across, yeah. does that affect you at all, or do you just sort of take it in your stride? Well, obviously since December the back four has been a lot more settled, um, and it's been sort of a regular regular lineup. Um, but I think with having that regular lineup in the same shape. Um, and the same way of playing each week, it's been been quite easy for the lads to slot in and when we have had these injuries lately. But one thing that I'd say is that I think that all the boys that have come in have done really well. 
Um, and there's real competition now across that back four. Um, Jordan, when he's come, come, come in, has done really well. Liam, Dominic, Foxy, um, you know, they've, they've all had a, a chance in the last few months and they've all done really well when called upon. So it keeps everybody playing at the best. I'm sure that Tom Lees will be relishing the opportunity of going back to uh, to Leeds and maybe putting a bit of a dent into uh, into their promotion campaign. Um, Steve, I want to ask you a little bit about, we, we talked, or I mentioned earlier about maybe Lucas Shaw at risk of becoming kind of the forgotten man of Wednesday. Tell you who genuinely is the forgotten man of Wednesday. Um, Jordan Rhodes came off the bench to um, to come on the pitch for Norwich the other night. Now, in, in a few weeks, the season ends, he is coming back to Sheffield Wednesday. He is still our player. Um, Steve Bruce has tried to sign him a couple of times as a manager before. We're led to believe that he's a big fan of his. Uh, with the way that Wednesday are kind of, you know, we, we're getting an idea about what kind of team Wednesday are going to be under Steve Bruce. And we know there's going to be some changing in the in the summer. I'd sort of assume that Rhodes would be sold or go back out on loan or something. I never really kind of entertained the idea that his, his career with Wednesday has got any chance of restarting. The more I think about it, the more I think... I can see Steve Bruce kind of eyeing up a role for him as to how he could fit within this team. What, what do you? If it did happen, can you see the fan base taking to it again? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if if we if you if a team managed to get Jordan Rhodes scoring goals yeah. in the way that he can do, and remember at Blackburn in a team that never finished above mid table, his record was a, uh, a goal every two games. Uh, and Blackburn played fairly simple way, two wingers, uh, full-backs who got up, they just got crosses in, and Jordan Rhodes scored goals. Yeah. Um, now, whether Jordan Rhodes has mentally suffered since that day and he's not capable of doing it, I don't quite know, but um, I would think if any manager is capable of getting him back up for it, it it's Steve Bruce. Um there's all the conundrum about wages, isn't it? And whether yeah. we can afford to keep him yeah. is a moot point. But as a player, you would think Steve Bruce would think he is the kind of player who will score goals if I can get him, if I can get him motivated and sorted. So I'm sure he's got a chance. Yeah, uh, of course it might not be necessary because as we uh, as as we saw kind of doing the rounds on social media last night, uh, Wednesday had a scout or scouts at the uh, the Benfica Eintracht Frankfurt game. So uh, obviously we've got some uh, we've got some big name signings lined up for the uh, for the summer. Um, Steve, while you're here, I want to talk just a little bit about um, about all Wednesday, which is kind of the. It's kind of like War of the Monster Trucks kind of back for a, a kind of a bit of a swan song, isn't it? It was originally designed to be a bit of a one-off fanzine following on from, from all the, the kind of the, the, the good feeling around the uh, the film, uh, which, by the way, I think was the actual turning point in our season, that, that film coming out. Um, but then you've, you've had a second edition that's that's come out. Uh, how, how's it kind of gone and what's the what's the situation there? Are we is, are, are fanzines back for good now? <laughs> uh, we saw sold uh, even more of the second one than we did of the first um so we ended up we've sold uh, well over 900 um and we've raised um nearly 1300 pounds wow. for um Mike Millen Cancer Care which we're just or in the process of organizing to do a formal presentation to Brilliant. John um so it's gone incredibly well uh, in terms of sales the f- you know the feedback from people's been really positive that they've enjoyed um having a a, a paper fanzine back um so um 
Paul and I have got to make a decision really about <laughs> about, uh, about what we're going to do. And uh, are we going to bring? Are we going to do it? Are we going to keep it as all Wednesday? Are we going to do go back to all the monster trucks? Um, and a bit how it was. The decision's not made yet, but right. we've got to kind of decide that over the summer, really. Okay. But it's been a buzz. It's yeah. been a buzz. It's, it has been great to kind of to, to to see it back. And there is just something about. I mean, I don't really buy programs. There's something kind of like th- that returns you to this childlike state when you've kind of got something rolled up in your hand when you're going into the into the ground. It's just it just feels. I don't know. It just feels it feels right and and lovely to kind of just you know have something to kind of flick through and read when you're having that kind of pre-match uh, pre-match drink. So. Uh, uh, yeah, really good. Uh, we should also mention, obviously, before the uh, the games at the weekend, uh, that uh, Matt, who was the guy kind of behind the All Wednesday uh, film, they were doing some of the presentations and the money that they've raised from the uh, the DVDs that uh, went on sale around Christmas. So uh, fair play for uh, to Matt, and uh, just what a great project that that whole thing has been. So um, yeah, long may yeah. it continue. Um, right on to Alpinions, where every week we ask for your views on something Sheffield Wednesday. Could be anything. Current, past, maybe something completely random. Uh, last week, we asked you whether or not Wednesday should offer a new contract to Kieran Westwood. I think fair to say this was fairly comprehensive. 98% of people saying yes. Uh, there were 2% of people saying no out of about 1,500 votes. So, you know, read into that what you uh, what you wish. Um, this week, we are doing... Well, actually, I've got to credit Adam Thompson on Twitter, at Adam... Uh, 7485, who kind of gave me this idea. So, this week on Alpinions, what was your first Wednesday away day? I want to get your memories of Wednesday away days. Now, um, mine technically, and Steve, you've got to be the deciding factor on this. Do we class uh, the first Wednesday away day as the first time that you watch Wednesday not at Hillsborough? Yes. Okay, great. In which case, mine was 21st of April, 1991, 3 p.m. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday versus Manchester United Rumbelows Cup final. The rest is uh, is history. Um, I just turned ten, I think, the week before. First time I watched Wednesday away from Hillsborough was at Wembley, uh, which of course was the game that that gave us War of the Monster Trucks and uh, all the aftermath from uh, from 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 that game as well. Um, other otherwise, it would be November 1992, uh, and it would be Wednesday away at Bramall Lane, and it was when David Hurst scored uh, a late equaliser, a really neat one-two that he did with uh, Chris Waddle and stuck the ball in the uh, in the top corner. Um, what was your first? Wednesday I'm a bit away? older than you. Uh, I go back to I think it was I can't remember the exact date it was 1974 5 I think it was and we were away at York City right Um, it was we were in what was called the second division then which is now called the championship and we were awful we got (laughs) we got we were relegated um before easter in april time it was we were just terrible leading goal scorer was eric mcmordy who we had on we'd a play we'd had on load scored six goals in eight games on loan and he ended up being the leading scorer that's how bad we were (laughs) and um yeah so that was my first away game i remember at uh uh, at York, at Bootham Crescent, yeah, stood, yeah. Uh, stood behind the wow. stood behind the goal, and we lost as well. 
Oh dear, a losing <laughs> Night game it was as well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, right. Okay, I'm, I'm after yours. So joining the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions. We'll give you the Twitter details in just a minute. Um, tell us what you think and uh, tell us your memories. We'll mention some of your thoughts next week, and we will set a new Alpinions for your input. That is just about it. Thank you for joining us, um, Steve. You're on Twitter, right? That's all right. At? At Chef Wed, W-O-T-M-T. Nice, easy one to remember there. Um, Dom is not here, but you can catch him on Twitter, of course, at Dom Housen. I am at James Marriott. And you can contact the show at Dom and James. As ever, do let us have any feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews. And please subscribe to us in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode of Singing the Blues every week. Uh, Up the owls and... Well, normally, of course, I would say see you next Friday, except we'll actually see you next Thursday. We're doing it a a day earlier because uh, of Easter, of course, the game is a day earlier as well. So we will see you next Thursday. (laughs) 